Welcome, everyone, to the Weird World Podcast. I'm your host, Dean. Today, my guests are... What? I'm offended. Why do you keep too, calling bitch. yourself the host? I'm just kidding. We are the host. Well, you two are the hosts. The Let's host be real. of a parasite, perhaps. Well, yeah, probably. I'm okay. Jack. I'm Carrie, and if I'm a guest, serve me. Wow, a drink. <laughs> Find me something. A macadamia cheese. Bring it to me. <laughs> Okay. Today, Carrie is going to tell us about something weird, mysterious, and maybe a little bit sexy. I have no idea. I don't I'm know. uncomfortable. I don't know what the topic too. is. But, Carrie, well, tell us about it, whatever well, that is. We're going to talk about the feeble-minded. I'm well, scared. Okay, well, this is not starting <laughs> off well. What's I'm that even mean? more uncomfortable. Going to talk about a man named Henry Goddard. He was a sexy, feeble-minded person? PhD. I don't... He was a Hi. psychologist. Okay who basically coined the term moron. Wow. I don't like him already. Nope. Is this going to be just real mean? (laughs) I don't know. Like just a mean story? No. (laughs) I'm going to take that as a yes. I think it's mean. Well, Mr. Henry Goddard was born in 1866 in Maine to Henry because people were so creative with their names back then. Okay. People well, still do that. Yeah. Quite uh, often care. All of our listeners who have the same name as their parents are now a little bit offended and so are people from Maine. Nice one. It doesn't have anything to do with Maine. Well, now and, it does. And you can't be offended because your parents named you something. That's not their fault. Ma'am! It's the okay. parents. Right. <laughs> anyway, Mother's name was Sarah. He was the fifth of six children. That was, that was just getting started back in those days. Two of whom, he had two sisters who died as infants. Also just getting started back yeah. then. Jeez. So they all died of a whooping cough. Yeah. <laughs> and the croup. And diphtheria, yeah. Well, when poor little Henry was young, he his was, father was gored by a bull. Ooh, that was, was not he? as common back then. <laughs> was he doing the, was he in Spain? Yeah. No, he was in Maine. <laughs> Oh, he got confused. They sound alike. You know, he could have been on a farm. Yeah, okay. I figured. We we got that, Karen. We were joking about this band thing. And uh, by the time Henry was nine, his father died from his injuries. Wait. From said bull goring. It took him how long? How long? It just said when Henry was young, he was gored by a bull. And then. It could have been eight and a half. So he. Well, you know, it took a while. His wounds festered a bit <laughs> and lingered, and then he when, died. When was this again? 1866 is when he was born. Yes. So, so this is 1870s. Yeah, festering wounds that led to death. I think pretty common. Yeah, yes. just like a paper cut would become a festering <laughs> wound back then. I kept myself shaving. Martha's been nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave all to the kids. Will uh, and Testament. So then Henry was left with his mother and his other siblings, and so at this time, I think he's the youngest. And his, his poor mother was not able to take care of all these children. Nope. Oh, he's going on the baby train so, to the Midwest to work on a farm. Wait, that's, another, that's a future yeah, episode. Yeah, that's a say. different one. Well, for some reason, she got rid of him, the youngest. Just him? Yes. Wow. What? That she, would sting for a while, like your entire life. But not too bad, because she sent him to live with an older sister. We've got to get oh. She must have been me. much older. But this sister could only stand him for about two years. He sounds like an asshole. And then she sent him off to a seminary. Oh, God. It's just getting worse and worse. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, he didn't become a man of the cloth, but 
he must have gotten somewhat of an education. By the time he was 21, he got his bachelor's degree from Haverford, Haverford, Haverford College. <laughs> I think it's Haverford. 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 You're right. It is Haverford. You heard of it? I have. Oh. Sure, who hasn't? Me. <laughs> it's in, in Pennsylvania. It, oh, damn it. I almost screwed that up and said it was is it Maine, right? I have no idea. Oh, no. no. In Pennsylvania. Two years later, he earned his master's degree in math. Damn, that's quick. <clears throat> Back then, he was just like, mm, you're alive, you can multiply, master. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Seriously. It's like when they be, lawyers became lawyers, but it's for being with lawyers. And they said, okay, you're ready. You're a lawyer now. <sighs> Same thing with the masters in math, I'm pretty sure. Well, that was quick, but then he took his sweet time getting his PhD in psychology. Took him 10 years. Dang. So at 33 is when he earned that degree. While he was earning the degree, obviously he had to do something for a job. He taught Latin, uh, coached football. Coached football at Haverford. No, at some other university, uh, like in South Carolina or North Carolina. Wait, or Clemson? Like that. I don't know. Duke? From Pennsylvania? To North Carolina? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He traveled around. And he was also the principal of a boarding school. Was he now? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Your principal is going back to school to get the PhD. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't know. It's not all that uncommon these days, but I don't know what it was like. He had to do something to earn money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so while he was getting his PhD, his area of interest was intelligence and learning why and how people had the intelligence that they did. Nervous. This is <laughs> like on a, there's a thin line between that yeah. and scientific racism. I think this is heading towards Adolf Hitler in some fashion. I'm a little bit of sure eugenics. How. Well, I feel like it is. We're going to leave Henry Goddard for now. By Henry, I called him Hank. And we're going to skip over to a young girl named Emma Wolverton. Cut to Emma Wolverton. Got That's it. a very British name. It is. Yeah, but this is not in Britain. <laughs> Emma was born in 1889 in an almshouse. Oh, Don't know what that is. I'm Poor guessing it's orphanage. like a work house. Oh, okay. It, oh. I think well, it's she, like her mom was there, obviously. Her mom? Why was it obvious her mom's there now? Because she gave birth to her there. Oh, so it's like a poorhouse then. Huh? <laughs> she was present hey. at her birth. Was she? <laughs> and then yeah. immediately gave her away to gypsies. No, yeah, okay, yeah, then it's like a poorhouse. Yeah, right? that's what I'm assuming. Like a charity. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her mother was single. I, well, which was a scandal. Sounds like a scandalous in, in the day. Mm-hmm. And she had lost her job as a domestic ser- servant because of this illegitimate pregnancy. I now think I know who got her pregnant. Ooh, yes. I'm going to say the son of the house, of the, of the father of the house. Hello? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The man of the house? Yes, that's it. Well, it's it his, not specified. His asshole son. But it said that her father was supposedly normal, but okay. he was morally bereft. And financially bankrupt. Okay. So, so I don't think it was. Hmm. And he abandoned Emma and her mother when she was born. So normal back then is morally bereft. Well, I'm mean, still normal. Normal intelligence. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, true. So true, he's true. just some. Um, yeah. Terrific. Just an asshole. You're smart, but just you're an asshole. Guy. Yeah. So Emma and her mother, and she had three older siblings, were brought to live in the home of a benefactor. Some yeah. nice person who decided to help them out. Uh, well, Emma's mother went back to her old ways, dead. and 
entered into a relationship with another man <sighs> getting pregnant again. She was a slattern. Uh-huh. <laughs> What'd you call her? I'm not going to repeat it. Hashtag <laughs> me too. <laughs> so this benefactor wasn't super pleased, but oh. he insisted that she marry the man that got her pregnant, which wow. she did. So then she and Emma and all the other children moved out of the benefactor's home and in with... To a shack. Yeah. Sounds like a bad deal for the kids. Another person. Good Lord, who? Another lover. Not Not the, even the guy she said she's going to... She married? No. What? But they got married and he just like skipped town and she did said... They, never, they probably never even got married. Wow. It said they did get married. The oh, benefactor really? insisted on it. So... Oh, and he arranged right. it. All so... Right. So she's moving with the she's living with this new person. They have two children. They move to a farmhouse where eventually Emma's stepfather disappeared and her As who, was the custom. Yeah. yeah. Pack of and cigarettes. So then and the mother is living openly now with the farmer slash landlord. Good God. The person whose farm it is where they're living. She's just got to... <laughs> so. Listen, Emma's mom. Her benefactor is still involved in her life, yes. even though she's not living with him. And so he arranges for a divorce, since now she's with this new man, and then arranges for her to marry the farmer, which she does. The farmer consents, okay, I'll marry her, because they have two children together at this so point. So when did he skip town? Monday? No, but he'll marry oh her God. on the condition that the children who are not his be sent away. Jesus, Jesus Christ. He's like I a was lion just about to say. Who takes over a pride and kills mm-hmm. the oh cubs. My God. Exactly. Minus a, the killing. So, a, how many fucking wow. kids does she have at this point? Like 11. Several. <laughs> she cannot count. I mean, so she had the know. three, and then she had the one with that one guy, the two with that one guy, and then two more with the farmer. This is 19th century. That's like at least daddies. eight kids. Mm-hmm. Emma! <laughs> Wait, what's the mom's name? Uh, oh, yeah, I just call her Emma's mom. Emma's mom. Cheryl. Cheryl. And she's Cheryl. Cheryl to me. Cheryl with an S H or a C H? Uh, both. Oh, it isn't Cheryl. I do sense. have it somewhere, but not for a long time. So, anyway, we're still gonna call her Cheryl. So by this time, Emma's eight, and she's had three kids of her own, and she's oh, married a plowman. It's eighteen ninety-seven. So Emma gets taken to a place. Oh my God, I don't have the title of this place yale like dang it the city name or like the the name of this it's a school oh school God dang it haverford university here let me look up emma's school real quick and see what yeah. happens i don't even have my phone it's emma Wolver, wolverton what did i do with it i don't know carrie you know what it's time to move on i know we'll let f- it go let it go well it's called the vineland training school oh, for like it. the feeble-minded Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's literally a school for special needs children. Really? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Scary. It's in New Jersey. and Even scarier. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think all feeble-minded schools were in New Jersey at this point. Still are. Kitty, New Jersey. If you think about it, she's a poor little farm girl. Actually, New Jersey, this is just called a school. <clears throat> oh, man. Sorry, again, Dang. New Jersey. She couldn't read... She wasn't literate. She couldn't do... Well, they never taught her. I know. That's not her fault. Her mom. Exactly. I'm she angry. couldn't really do math, but <laughs> my next sentence, that wasn't surprising since she probably never went to school. No, she, but she was a master's of math, oddly enough. She 
They gave her a master's too. She did, uh, no. She did have other skills. She could sew. Okay, well then. Carrie Wood. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and fill a kettle. So that's she, it. You know she what? Was very accomplished. She's eight. That's a. Yeah, she was eight. More than I knew how to do at eight. Mm-hmm. Wow. The Vineland School. Even though it's hard to imagine this, you know, because I just picture something out of Dickens, but it was actually humane for its time. It was clean. For its time. Yeah. There there were only 12 kids per six by six room. It was, it was pretty nice. Actually. And the electroconvulsive therapy was <laughs> real gentle. It was at uh, 25 watts. No idea what that Kids got fresh air. They actually had a zoo on the grounds. Let me stand on your shoulders so I can reach the window, and then you can stand on mine. <laughs> I'll post some pictures. Is that a zoo? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. Was this Michael? Oh, my God. This is Neverland. This is Michael Jackson, <laughs> oh, no. senior grand, great-grandfather's place. No. He had a chimp named Bubbles. Bobo the no. first. You know, Bubbles. they probably had Bubbles. like, you know. <laughs> it was Bobo was Bubbles' grand. Peacocks and, you know, I don't know. Ugh, I hate it probably... peacocks. So loud. People don't realize how insanely yeah. loud peacocks are. They scream at the top of their lungs all night long. Horrible. Leave they, them in the damn, their natural habitat, yeah, y'all. Far away from human people. They can stay there. Yes, I said human people. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> As opposed to? Dolphins. So, nobody's really very sure why or how Emma's mother chose this school. Well, I, I like <clears> the <throat> sultry voice. Go ahead. Keep, keep, keep <laughs> that. Don't clear your throat. But Emma grew up here. and Probably just, I mean, they needed to put her somewhere, right? They had yeah. Yeah, probably somewhere A that would take her space, you know, public yeah. institution. I wonder if they had to pay for it at no, all. Probably no. not. So mm-hmm. then yeah, probably that that's probably another reason. Yeah. I mean they were basically relinquishing Care. The child. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. So while she was here, she you know, she did learn some things. She uh, acted in plays. Oh. She learned how to play the cornet, whatever that is. It's a horn. Yeah. yeah. Cornet, Gary. Cornet man. They're, they're also delicious with ranch flavor and barbecue. Stop it. And there's some of them are chocolate. Mm. Yep. What? Yeah. No, yeah, I'm they're confused. like ice cream, right? Or no, like a pastry. Yes. Are we yeah. talking about horn instruments now or not? No, cornet. chocolate cornets. Okay. Just cornets of all times. Oh, Whoa, what? I'm, of all types. I've confused myself. I'm sorry I brought it up. And she was good at woodworking. Oh, well, she did, used to carry wood. Now she's working it. Yep. Yeah, that's all good things. Kind of all careers. When Emma was 17, this is where our two stories collide. Uh-oh. Dr. Henry Goddard came to work at the school. He's got a PhD now? Yes, mm-hmm. in, in psychology. psychology. You have it right there in your notes. I have it. I read that. And he basically came to the school and gave himself the position of director of Research. You say he gave himself. So I can just walk into like mm-hmm. an institution and say, I am now the director of research. Send me a salary. Is that how that works? How yep. does it? They didn't even have a research department. He just decided he was going to go there and do some research and called himself the director. Right. Were they paying him? <laughs> I don't know if they. I don't know if they were paying him, but obviously what they the granted him access to their school and Jesus. their students and their things, children. Things were loose yes. back then. Not a lot of standards. And hmm. Are you red a man? Tape. Are you white? Do you have any sort of education? I do. Director of mm-hmm. research. Thank you. He was. But a- I already hired myself, so you didn't hire yeah. me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He was one of the first child psychologists in the United States. I really wish the actual 
background of that sentence was he was a child psychologist. Well, before this time, child psychologist meant a child who was a psychologist, That's a little known fact. What? So he was yeah. the first one to turn it <laughs> to that meaning. Oh, okay. Very proud I was like, are you about to just try to steal the joke I said seconds ago? <laughs> uh, but I was writing the he joke expanded. down while you said it, so I still needed to, to say the joke. Sorry. I felt like... Why are you writing your jokes down? Yeah, wait, I wasn't. What? I just wrote Jocelyn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow... As we said earlier, his area of interest was intelligence and why some people were smarter than others. So he basically came to the school because it had feeble-minded in the title of the yeah, school. Yeah, that's uh, my director of research. So he figured there'd be lots of, of feeble-minded subjects there. He basically wanted to understand what made the kids feeble-minded. Oh, I know. How about a complete lack of education, a terrible upbringing For from real. a slatternly mother who was just mixing it up with everybody in town? I well, he decided he wanted to measure intelligence with numbers because, you know, he does ha also have a master's in math. Oh, so oh, I see. God. <laughs> I see. Math. So this is just him doing what he wants. Thank Literally. I'm just going to create some shit. Thank God Hopefully he didn't have, it's a, right. he didn't have a BA in vivisection before this. That oh, could have turned out <laughs> terribly. Well, I don't think we had actual IQ tests in the United States, but there was one being used in France called the Binet something test. John still Binet. Around. Are you acting like you know Binet Smith or Binet? Uh, Are you acting? Something? It's still around. It's Yeah. It's some, it's, I'm sure it's different well, form, but it's still around. He, Binet, oh God, I know what it is. But yeah, okay. he took that test and he translated in, it into English, obviously. <laughs> did he know French? Or, did or he had it translated. I don't know if he knew <laughs> I'm going to think he just guessed. It's like, I think that's what that means. <laughs> what does stupid mean? I don't know. Well, and he made, so he used this as a basis to make an IQ test for the kids at the school. And I didn't write all these down, but some of the questions were just so weird. And, and the way they do IQ tests is, you know, like say they're testing a five-year-old. It's, they're going to basically ask them questions that, a you know, things that a yeah. five-year-old should know. It's supposed to be age appropriate. Yes. So if a five-year-old can do math like a nine-year-old can do, then obviously they then they have a higher IQ. Yes, which shows how ridiculous IQs. Yeah, IQ uh, tests are lame for adults. They're absurd for kids. They because you have to you know you have to have some kind of a standard. You need you know that standard can be varying. It can be there's all kinds of of imp influences on IQ tests, cultural, yeah. linguistic. But some of these questions were weird, like telling like, like tell us. a, a five-year-old to compare two numbers. Just compare them? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm significantly older than five. I wouldn't know. How, how do you compare two numbers? Two is just slimmer than eight. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just, I like to compare red and blue. Red is, is redder. Than blue, very and, good. And, She's very smart. And some are super easy, like count backwards from you know, you know, thirty to fifteen. Or one one question literally just said patience. Uh, that was a question. Patience? Know. Question mark. I don't know what it meant. What just the patience. fuck? I don't know if if the tester is supposed to evaluate the child's patience or yeah, I, yeah how you then quantify it. I don't know. Ambiguous. You do what you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Either you, you just got to wait there. Test. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fake and B completely up to the tester of what, how, what the yeah. determination is. Or, or telling them to draw a square. Just draw a square. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I'm going to do that right now. Let's see. I Failed. Know, you did a rectangle. Fucking, I did a rectangle. <laughs> Shit. I'm low IQ. I'm people minded. Oh I'm in the school. 
Your feeble-minded. <laughs> Damn it. That was... Okay, hold on. I'm immediate. Ask me to draw a triangle. Uh, draw, draw a triangle. triangle. Boom. Nailed he it. did it. Killed it. Damn smart again. Good for you, Dean. So he also decided he wanted to come up with categories of feeble-minded. Even worse. Well. <laughs> Super feeble-minded, mildly yeah. feeble-minded. Yes. Let me other you. Hyper feeble-minded. Here's, here, here's his category, categorization. That's good. You got it. Idiots. Okay. We're the dumbest. Okay. That's on the, I'm going to put them on the top because, but go ahead. Imbeciles. Okay. And they're, they're Not less quite dumb. as dumb as the idiots. And then morons, which was a new word made up by Henry Goddard. Hmm. Moron. How did he get to that? I was just about to say. I don't know. Like he monkey just... and the chemical boron. Oh, how he made up the Yeah, the word. etymology. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Really? Yeah. It didn't say Mm-mm. in your readings? Nope. That's weird. Yeah, that Morons. Weird. I don't, at least not that I remember. He could have just pulled it out to ass. Morons could still pass as normal. <laughs> oh, my God. They're like Neanderthals. If you shave them and put it in a subway, people really <laughs> might not know. <laughs> they were just mildly feeble minded. My God. So what was Emma? Emma was wow. a moron. Oh, I thought you meant your sister. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Jesus. So now that he had his categories and he was IQ testing all the kids at the school, he had to figure out why kids ended up in whatever feeble-minded category they did. Hmm. He was, you know, genetics was sort of new and people yeah. had a basic knowledge of genetics. I think, didn't Howard Mendel just do his little pea plant shit? Uh, Gregor Mendel? No, mm-hmm. it was like 1860s to 70s, wasn't it? Oh, but no, this is now in the late 19th century, if not the early 20th century by now, Yeah, right? We don't still don't know that much about genetics at this point. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the word is from the ancient Greek moros, which okay. meant doll. Okay, and used to describe a person with a mental age in adulthood of between 7 and 10 on the Binet scale. Just a Binet scale. Huh. It was once applied to people with an IQ of 51 to 70. Wow. So, yeah, they're functional. Yeah. But just barely. Well. They nowadays are known as MAGA. Uh, 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 <gasps> are you... Is, is that not true? He's absolutely correct. Completely accurate. You know? Fuck you, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> let's alienate Well, everyone. I mean, not, let's say this. Not every Trump voter, but a Trump voter for the red MAGA hat on? Absolutely. Yeah, because some of them are just evil. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean no. they're necessarily dumb. But if they're you just actually bad. wear the, the hat, yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> Okie dokies. So we're very fair there, by the way. You're stupid or evil. (laughs) Very, very unbiased. We're called balanced people. Yeah, we have to be fair. (laughs) True. We're humans. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was connecting it to genetics, which he thought was the answer to everything. Hmm. Oh, God. We are heading toward Hitler, aren't we? Legitimately. Well, his theory was that the gene for feeble-mindedness was carried from one generation to the next, which, duh, that's genetics. Just one gene. There's a, so he's, he's like a, a dumb gene is what he's positing. Probably. He, he needed to do further research using the kids at Vineland to prove it. <laughs> no. Anytime, oh. Okay, so you put a eugenicist in charge of children. Nothing good can happen. He wasn't in charge of them. He's got he some was just level of them. control over them. I, he's the director of research, yeah. Harry. 
self-designated. <laughs> yes, so what still. if he just self-designates? I'm the director of children now, too. <laughs> I'm now in charge of child experimentation. Uh, well, uh, so as we said earlier, he categorized Emma as a moron. He said... Uh, you really should have had Emma I, for this one. I know. She'd be well, just continually pissed off. She's off singing and dancing somewhere. <laughs> just in a, in a street somewhere. She's yeah. not a player. She's busking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he said that Emma had the mentality of a high-grade, feeble-minded person. Oh. Well, there's that. You That's got a silver lining. Worst compliment ever. Well, it, yeah, You're really it gets smart, better. You're person. The moron, the delinquent... The kind of girl or woman that fills our reformatories. They are wayward. Is she like eight now? Wasn't she eight? No, when she's he... 17 now. Oh, she's 17 now. Yeah, she enters the school at eight. Oh, okay. Henry enters when she's 17. Oh, got it. They are wayward. They get into all sorts of troubles and difficulties sexually and otherwise. Uh-oh. Uh, she's 17, Henry. Yeah, you Henry. can't talk about that yet. Leave her alone, Henry. So he decided to use Emma as one of his case studies. And so he he brought in a bunch of field workers. Oh, that sounds terrible. He I went to a pub they and were, said, hey. No, they were mostly women, and they were oh. educated women, but... Surprise, yeah. on both counts. Well, <laughs> but at this time, even educated women didn't have a whole lot of options yeah. for you know good jobs to do utilizing their educations. So he hired a bunch of them to go out and track down the families of the feeble-minded girls so to do what tell them to to find out because he thinks there's a genetic link oh i see go find their parents yeah study their families and see See how many morons and idiots and and people are in their families so he brings in this educated woman to to track down emma's family and she does and you know to basically see how many morons are there in the family. So oh shit, he's going to be doing a lot of tracking with Emma's family because mm-hmm. they're all no. strewn about the East yeah. Coast. It There's seems no like. way of finding his act, her actual father. I don't think even just her siblings. Yeah, you'd have to go all around the U.S. Well, oh, to their surprise and horror, there was an appalling amount of defectiveness everywhere to be found. Oh no. <laughs> So here's the story of Emma's family. There was a man named Martin C- Well, actually, and what he did was he changed her, her name because he was going to write it up in a book. Oh. So he had to give her, he had to protect her. What was it? Privacy. Delphine? No, he changes Emma's name to Deborah Kalakak. Oh, I was not that far off. Not just for the book, but actually he legally changed her name. <laughs> <laughs> she had no say in it. So, Deborah Calicat. Yes. Cal- just Calicac. Oh, Calicac. Jane oh. Doe. Well, dude. So, Calicac. So, the worker basically tracks now down I've her family and goes back several generations. So, we're sev- several generations back. So, this Thank is. Thank God for Ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. Right. Yo. So, Martin Calicac Sr. would be her three times great grandfather. When he. Wait. Are these all fake names now? Or was, I thought her real name was Emma Wolverton. Yes. These, these are the fake names. Oh, so he he's just given the whole people. family yes. tree of fake names. Yes. And so we don't know. Dude his, has too much time. His real name is probably yeah. Wolverton. Okay. Yes. But he was from a good family. Not hmm. feeble-minded. Hmm. So he married a... When he was a boy of 15, his father died. 
so he didn't have the oversight of his father. God. So just before he became 18, I guess, because he was out, you know, gallivanting around, oh. he joined a militia that was forming, this is Revolutionary War time. Oh. So he basically was in a militia, mm-hmm. get, you know, probably going to become a soldier. And so he was at a tavern that was frequented by the militia, mm-hmm. and he met a feeble-minded girl there. Okay. <laughs> and he had relations with her and became the father of a feeble-minded son. And it started them on the downward mm-hmm. trajectory for the Calicax. This feeble-minded baby boy was given the name of Martin Calicac Jr. Obviously the real name, but whatever. You understand. Yes, we're okay. <laughs> And so he was illegitimate and feeble-minded and the great-great-grandfather of Deborah slash Emma. And from, them, from him, there are 480 descendants. Jesus. 143 of these, according to the, re- the, the, re- the, the educated female researchers, mm-hmm, the okay. field worker, and then with the help of Henry Goddard, they say they have conclusive proof that they were or are feeble minded. Were 43 or, out of 480. Uh, 480, 143, they have conclusive proof are feeble minded, but the rest they probably, but yeah. only. And they can only say that 46 oh, have been found to be normal. Wait. The rest Lord. are either unknown or doubtful. <laughs> so doubtful. Out of the ones they actually have data on, three quarters or more are mm-hmm. feeble-minded. Listen. By, by their estimation. Yeah. Henry. How, how are they going back in time? And what are they reading old papers? Yeah. He was the village idiot. That Okay, check off feeble-minded. I mean, how would they feeble. possibly For reconstruct real. feeble-mindedness in that, that long ago? Well, Martin Jr. The, he had a diary. The, who, yeah. the, you know, the first feeble-minded illegitimate son of the tavern wench and the Revolutionary War soldier. Okay. Tavern whoa, wench. Whoa, whoa, wench. He grew up to be known as Old Horror. Mm. H-O-R-R-O-R. It's a difficult nickname. It is. Yes. Old horror. Old horror. Old terror would be better. He liked to drink. Oh, God. And it was said well, who that I like to drink. people would buy him drinks in return for him voting for their candidate. Well, that was everyone. That's not, <laughs> a, I mean, come on. How often did you vote back then? Edgar Allan Poe did that. Quite often. When he died. Damn. That's what Poe was doing when he, when he died. Was they, voting? They, they filled him full of liquor and had him vote yep. multiple times in the Baltimore uh, elections. Yeah. It was really common. Yikes. Well, so the descendants of this unnamed tavern woman and old horror, a.k.a. Martin Jr., they had a long line of feeble-minded descendants. Okay, here's the thing, though. Because he got drunk and voted multiple times, that's their determination that he was feeble-minded. Well, that's that's just one example of a story. I don't, you know. I mean, well, that's a good question, though, isn't it? What is their evidence that yeah. these people, were, these 143 people, were feeble-minded? Because if it's something that happened routinely back then, why the hell does that make mm-hmm. him feeble-minded? When their hypothesis is that we'll find a bunch of feeble-minded people in this woman's background, right? So this is, yes, so. exactly. He was drunk and degenerate, and you know, Henry Goddard was drunk and degenerate when he was doing this research. Oh, boom. there, there, boom, Henry, boom, boom. which Take is it, their definition also of feeble-minded. A drunk. But, Okay. So the this long line of descendants included 
horse thieves, brothel keepers, which... That, I think that, that takes know, some administrative yeah, skills. Some organizational skills. Yeah, managerial know-how. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. See, none of the being evil isn't a sign of... Being what? Evil. Being, horse thieves and people like that. Oh, being okay. bad isn't necessarily <laughs> that you're dumb. I'm sure there's a decent correlation yeah. with that. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a given that yeah. you're an idiot. Just like no. being rich isn't, is not well correlated with being smart. That's true. Or and, working hard. Yeah. And through all of this, they seem to equate... Being poor. Yeah, with being dumb. Maybe yeah. not operating within the confines of the law mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. Lacking opportunities. That so kind many of fallacies. Stuff. Yes. They're equating yes. that with feeble-minded. We had major methodological issues yes. with their research. We, we do. do. And I'm not going to dispute any of that. The world Hitler, does. on the other hand, did not. Loved it. Favorite okay. read. Horse thieves, brothel keepers, criminals, all long line of these kinds of people all the way down to Horse Emma thieves. slash Deborah. So Martin Kalakak Sr. just had a dalliance with this woman. When he got a little bit older, he actually married an upstanding good Quaker woman. With the upstanding good Quaker woman, he had seven children and many, many descendants. All smart and rich. All of whom are upstanding, prominent, successful yeah. people. Doctors, lawyers, judges. Somebody even married into a family with the signer of the Declaration of Independence. Have they Damn. even seen 48 Hours? All oh right? my God. Not 48 Hours. What are you talking about? Um, guide, trading Places. What the oh. fuck? <laughs> what? The other Eddie Murphy movie. Uh, trading Places. Uh, Come on. Mm-hmm. We've established, we've well established that it's Nurture, not nature. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, see, I thought you got the show Forty Eight Hours Mystery. Uh, me no, too. No, 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 I was no. really confused, I was confused with. I confused my Eddie Murphy movies with TLC's Trading Spaces. Have you not seen Haunted Mansion? <laughs> They're coming back. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, in short, those um, Quaker descendants or descendants of the Quaker woman were respectable citizens. And they were men and women prominent in every phase of social life. No feeble-minded among them. Including embezzlement and white-collar crime. No illegitimate children. No immoral women. Also, no epilepsy, no criminals, and no keepers of houses of prostitution. So, this proved Henry's theory that feeble-mindedness is genetic and passed down through the generations. He's an idiot. Henry Case needs to go to closed. his own school. <laughs> what? Henry needs to study himself because he's a twit. He might want to look up, look up how Punnett squares work because I'm not sure about just, that. You know, obviously, these people are getting education. They have tremendous advantage. I mean, we know yeah. Yeah. His, his research is not The social but, factors. But there's still, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you're going to talk about it, but there are still people you know the bell curve and there's still yeah. modern takes on this they're much more subtle about it they're much more they have a lot more numbers and they're, and they're not they don't make the same ludicrous mistakes that henry did or are but they're still is still coming from the same space yeah, yeah it's still just as disgusting well so then what's the next logical um connection that that you're going to do if you the, the feeble-minded Mm. is carried down through families how do we stop this because obviously feeble-minded people aren't just stupid they're criminals and they do bad things and they're a scourge on our society 
So we want to stop it from happening. Inbreeding. So, you sound pro sterilization. We want to stop feeble-minded people from having children in the first place, so yeah. they don't overtake the entire country. Oh my God, it's an early replacement theory. Which is what they were worried about. This is about. so MAGA. It really is. So we thought he really needed to get the word out to everybody, so that you know everybody would know how to stop feeble-mindedness. Hear ye, hear ye, stupid people are fucking. They're going to replace us smart people. Let's well, do something about it. He wrote it up in a book, and uh, it was published in 1912. It was about Emma's family, and like I said, he changed her name to Deborah Kalakak. Kalakak was the combination of two Greek words. The first, the Kala part, was that like calicos or something like that. Cat. For beauty. Beauty, oh, well, that's And weird. the cat stupidity. <laughs> she said dumb beauty. Bad. Beauty bad. Bad yes. beauty? Yep. Beauty. Beauty bad. and bad. Beauty and bad. That's weird. So this book, and he wrote it not, it wasn't like a scientific journal kind of book. No, it was a breezy read. It was really actually a number one bestseller for six weeks. It was very popular, and it was intended for everybody described generations of illiterate, poor, and therefore immoral Kalakak family members who were chronically unemployed, feeble-minded criminals, and in general perceived as threats to racial hygiene. Racial hygiene. Well, is he using Mm. racial and like human race, I think, right? Yes. As opposed to, okay. Yes. So, um, like I said, this book was actual, actually popular. Someone actually tried to make it a, into a Broadway play. Jesus Christ. It was actually a very successful movie by D.W. Griffith. And, uh, what? and also, it was also embraced by the scientific community. It, yep. it went through 12 printings, Jesus. including as a reprinting as late as 1939. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Science. No. Basically... <sighs> Any biology or psychology textbook written and published in the years that that this book was floating about, it had uh, references to the to the study, and that it was considered conclusive evidence of the hereditary My nature God. of feeble-mindedness. Science really is a liar. Mm. Well, no, well, not science. He it's wasn't conducting idiots. science. Yeah. He no. wasn't doing actual science. I mean, at all. He really. pretended he was. Yeah. I mean, he... The other thing is, too, is not only were his proxies for unintelligence ludicrous and, and nonsensical, Yeah. but, you know, who's to say they weren't just making shit up? For real. I mean, honestly. I mean, I'll say. I mean, he literally did were? make shit up. The word moron. like. I mean, no, just making up these backgrounds and making <laughs> no. up, well, oh, we found I 600 people mean. and 400 were dumb. I mean, just, you just yeah. invent that. It's well, like I'll every Rasmussen poll. Yeah. Make it up. <laughs> no, I'll get into it because people did go back and decide to look at Oh, really? Uh-huh. Investigate? Oh. Mm-hmm. So, as we know, eugenics was gathering steam around this time. Oprah would have had him on a show and it would have spiked his sales. Oh my We're going to get what into happened? Dad's feud God against it. Oprah. It is, because she spread stupidity more than anyone else on the planet. Well, <laughs> show, she did. we've got Gwyneth. That's true. We've Gwyneth got Gwyneth. And Dr. Phil, so yeah. still. Well, Gwen- Gwyneth to. just creates her own. Yeah, Gwyneth. Gwyneth, Gwyneth is, should be in that school for the people minded <laughs> oh, along no. with Emma at the time. So, eugenicists got a hold of Goddard's study, and they used it to justify their... Um, racism. Mm-hmm. Well, not just racism. Wait, who did? Eugenicists. Oh, okay. okay. Eugenics were huge at this time, though, right? 
and they would um, stay huge was, for I mean, a while. It was huge. Pretty mainstream. Absolutely. I, I guess that's what I mean. Well, it was, it was yeah. scientifically mainstream. Yes, yes it, it was. was. California, a lot of eugenics going on. They actually, yes, there was. Yeah, they actually got a hold of his book before it even was printed, as early as 1911. So at this time, as we know, in our country, there was a lot of change going on, mm-hmm. industrialization, you know, shifting from farms to cities and factories. And so there was a lot of poverty, um, waves of, of immigration. And so, you know, a lot of fear of bad people coming into the country. Mm-hmm. So Henry Goddard was making quite a name for himself in this oh, realm. Man. So the federal government decided to invite him to come on over to Ellis Island and see how he could help, um, you know, kind of... Just pick him out. Dumb, I was dumb, just about to say. Decent, stupid, yeah. imbecile. What year is oh, this, do you know, when God. they made that invitation? 1910. Oh, that's earlier than I thought. Yep, so it was while he was... It's before he published the writing book. Writing up his book, okay. yeah. yeah. That's what she said. Yep. Mere seconds ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that would have been Taft. Sure. I don't know. It would have been Taft. <laughs> yes. I assure you. I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah. So, you know, he had his written intelligence test. And so he started out using it. didn't work real well for obvious reasons. Huh. Yeah. That then wasn't he, a sign to I anybody. can't write. Well, then we know where you're going. Or read English. Yeah. So he decided he didn't really need to use the written test. Nope. For the immigrants coming in, he got kind of to a Ellis wand. Island. He, he got what he got a, a, a like a metal detector. No, like a um, dowsing stick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A dowsing stick and a just dowsing if he twitched. Man. They were stupid. Well, he thought he could just ask a couple questions okay. of people, and that's really all he needed. One of his questions: Who won the World Series? <laughs> World Series is huge in rural Italy. I'm feeble-minded as hell, then. Me, too. I wouldn't have been allowed in the country. <laughs> I'd be a straight-up idiot. <laughs> That's what you ask someone who's pretending to be an American, but is really a German True. spy. Not someone just a... Well, shit, spy, then I'd be a German spy, too. Yeah. Well, so, I, Was it the Munich? Oh, damn. So for the two years that Henry was at Ellis Island from 1910 to 1912, the deportation rate increased five times. Jeez. So he was just... Posted up at Ellis Island, yep. yeah. looking at everybody oh going God. through for two years. 80% of Jews, Russians, Hungarians, and Italians yeah. were found to be feeble-minded wow. and sent Nowadays, back. Nowadays, they would be Latinos, During that time. Muslims. Muslims, yeah. Everyone that isn't white. Mm. Yep. So he, he only lasted in that job for two years. Only. <laughs> Can you imagine mm-hmm. doing that for two years? Just being racist. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> It's a, it's a power kick, though, right? I'm sure he felt yeah, yeah, empowered. absolutely. But yeah. I felt like God. So his book was popular. Basically, it it became an explanation for people's prejudices. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. So and they can a, say it's based on science. It's science. That's right? what science yeah. was for, like the 1800s through until like today, pretty much. A justification <laughs> for your last Tuesday. Yeah. It got better. Yeah. I mean, still people still try to use it. Yeah. And yeah, so eugenics had actually had been around for about 30 years already yeah. at this time. And um, many people were respected. Do, do you know who originally thought up uh, eugenics? I think I have heard that by Mendel. Darwin's cousin. Darwin's cousin, who? Not yeah. too surprising. I don't know. Which? Oh, no. Well, Frankie I know Darwin. No, um, the guy who defended him. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, Darwin's lapdog. Yes, that, that guy. Attack dog. That dude. Was, I don't know. He thinks his cousin though. You really don't know Darwin's cousin's name. Come uh-uh. on, Carrie. <laughs> K- 
killing us here. Why? We don't need to know his name. We just know he's Darwin's cousin. Okay. Yeah. Other notable eugenicists, Alexander Graham Bell. The starter of Stanford College. Yeah. He was a notable yes, eugenicist. Was. Leland. Yep. Senior. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing. It is. Not surprising. Yeah, you know, not surprising at all. Yeah. They all suck. I know, but it is disappointing. It is. Margaret Sanger. And, you know, she's the... Uh, she was a feminist. She was an mm-hmm. early... In the, she invented um, the Sanger sewing machine. Birth little control. Known, little known. Oh birth yeah, control. Big birth control. Yeah. That's why she did birth control. Oh, now it's going to be a conspiracy <gasps> theory. Oh, my Crap. God. You know, <laughs> you're it. probably not yeah. wrong. Uh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Helen Keller. Helen Keller. She was she, oh, fucking Helen. Jesus, well, Helen. she was blind and deaf. She had a lot of things that she didn't see very well. Disappointed, like, Helen. Yeah. Disappointed. Don't tell I me don't Helen know. Grace. Or yeah, Helen C. If you see candies, then I'll be really. Eugenesis would not have let her. No. Yeah, what the not. fuck? So, Jesus. Yeah. She's I'll like never a black understand. Trump voter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, what are you thinking? They hate you. Yep. And, you know, what do you do if you want to stop feeble-minded people from having babies and ruining our country? You pass laws. Sterilization. Forced that lead sterilization. to morons being <sighs> sterilized by the state. Morons and below? So you get a 69 on that thing. It was 51 to 70 was moron, right? So you yes. get a 70 or below, you're done. Wow. Like snip, snip, snip. Or cut, cut, cut. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. Tie, tie, tie. I don't know what's happening. Or chemical. Oh, what? Yes. What's happening? For the boys. Just give them a lobotomy. So anyway, a- after Goddard's book came out, even more states started passing laws against morons having babies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My... God. And in 1927, there was a Supreme Court case over forced sterilization called Buck v. Bell. It was in Virginia. Carrie Buck was the plaintiff. She was from Virginia. She was deemed feeble-minded and sexually promiscuous because she had a baby out of wedlock. <laughs> they, they looked at her mother her, and decided her mother was also just as bad and feeble-minded as she was, and so was her baby because, you know, they could tell yeah, yeah, it from that baby. Mm-hmm. And the state used David Goddard's book about the Kalakak family as evidence in the case. And uh, Carrie Buck lost, and she oh. was forcibly sterilized. Yeah, well, the 1920s uh, Supreme Court was pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. We're about to be right there with you, 1920s. Yeah. So. Yeah, <laughs> well, so that decision basically established that involuntary sterilization of mentally defective people was constitutional. Jesus Christ. I mean, did our constitution change? I just, it did. it's it did. baffling to me. Ugh, it's strict instruction, Carrie. Did it anywhere here say that feeble minded people can have babies? No, done. Sterilizer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the pursuit of life, liberty. No, Carrie, no, no, no. I need a strict construction of the Constitution. Black and white. Well. What the founders wanted. I know, and only I know. So that was how the fame of the Kalakak family and that book was being applied in the United States. But it also became world famous. And. Oh, I think it's going to find its way to Germany. Yes, it did. Came to the attention of. Adolf Hitler. Adolf. <laughs> Adolf. Where did we just There's hear that? Some podcast guy. Oh, we did say Adolf. Yeah. Adolf. He's, I still uh, like that. He's podcast. Australian, so maybe that's how they say Adolf in Australia. But Adolf Hitler, and he used it as an example of why he wanted to control reproduction to improve the master race. Mm-hmm. Ay, ay, ay. And, and there's actually some film with him talking about it, and you can hear him going, Kalakak, Kalakak. Hitler? I mean, yeah. Really? Basically ah. using it and using, there's a, 
there's kind of like a, a illustration and a chart from the book. That he painted it himself. It's a beautiful landscape. <laughs> well, it's from the Goddard book, and um, they use it in, in their film, talking about it, and I'll post a picture of it on that's Facebook scary. and stuff. It's it's entertaining. And it's a good thing that that's not her real name, because if Hitler said my name, yeah, I would change it. That'd be <laughs> bad. It's been in his mouth. Yep. It. So the the book was called The Kalakak Family, and it was reprinted in German in 1933. Yeah, I've heard of that book before. Yeah. It's called Dear Kalakaka yeah. Familia. Yeah, and I did a whole word. research paper on eugenics. Oh, okay. So this came oh, up. okay. <laughs> so you know about this. Well, so that's the year that Nazi Germany oh, passed the law for for Prevention of Offspring with Hereditary Defects Act. What year was this? 33. So, United States, Germany, Nazi Germany, by the way, mm-hmm. right in tune on this yep. issue. And that act was based on the model sterilization law. In fact, we were a little ahead of them. It's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We literally nice were. Nice job. I yep. mean, like, again, Leland Starr. Stanford. 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 Yeah. Leland Starr. Leland Starr. <laughs> Inspired Hitler. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Thanks, Leland. Well, so the that's the, why I didn't go to Stanford. <laughs> that's why. Uh huh. The Nazi law was um, drawn up, or the the Nazi law was based on the American law that was drawn up by our very own eugenicist named Harry Laughlin. He was one of the star witnesses in the Carrie Buck Supreme Court case. Oh, how fitting! And so they so then. Nazi Germany legalized involuntary sterilization of Germans with disabilities. So they kind of branched out a little bit more than just, you know, morons and sluts, basically. And then it was being German, uh, Jewish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So from 1934 to 1939, Hitler's Nazi regime involuntarily sterilized nearly 150,000 Germans with disabilities. God damn it. And then we know what happened after <laughs> My that. My leg's just broken. It'll heal. I swear to God. Get away from me with those. So by I the, make light of it, but it was horrific. Yeah. Well, and and then they also um, murdered eighty thousand disabled Germans. Jesus. Wait, wait, in thirty-four to thirty-nine, or in wait, thirty-four the to thirty-nine, hundred fifty thousand, and begin. This is Carrie reading her notes, by the yeah. way. Just go ahead. That's fine. Take your time. I don't know. One hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Without a number. And 80,000 murdered. So, um, that, so in the United States, we were using Goddard to make immigration laws, anyway. making it more difficult for families fleeing the Nazis to come here. So uh, let's just be evil what? upon yeah. evil upon evil. Yep. That's evil squared. Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, we were using it for our immigration and we didn't want the feeble-minded here. So, so wow. didn't matter. So, the, actually, at the time, the name Kalakak just became part of the American vernacular. It was a synonym for backward inbreeding hillbillies wow. and slum dwellers. Oh, my That's God. Look at mm-hmm. Kalakaks over there. That's yep. nice. We've done stories about Let's a couple Kalakaks. Yeah. Bring so, back, I'm going to write a note to myself. Bring back the word Kalakak. <laughs> How about not bring back the words that eugenicists Let's call make. them Goddards. Let's call evil Ooh, people Goddards. Yeah, yeah, call them all Henrys. Just kidding. No. I, a uh, long, long time ago, worked with somebody whose last name was Goddard, and every time I say Henry Goddard, I almost um, mess up and say this guy's first name. Don't do that. No. We're not about to dox him. I didn't like him. Uh-oh. Okay, well, Even more so now, don't say no, his let's name. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> no. Because I, I, you know. I don't know to where Kevin. he is now. 
It's Smitty. Saying what it's Steve. <laughs> so a lot of these people that were referred to as calicacs, you know, their their primary sin was being destitute, poorly educated, and attractive. At a time. Jesus Christ! What? Well, <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm talking about young women specifically because uh, they're beady bad. Yeah, at a time when uh, society <sighs> thought of this it was a deadly combination, and uh, President Theodore Roosevelt proclaimed it, it, it was leading to the threat of race suicide. Wait a second, I fucked up. What was 1910 Taft or was? It? Oh my God. Yeah, it was okay. Never mind. Go ahead. It was Taft. Oh, okay. We don't care. <laughs> well, eventually Roosevelt got in on it too. Theodore Roosevelt? Mm-hmm. Are you he was surprised? president before Taft. That's why it's confusing to me. Oh, okay. I don't know. You mean Franklin Roosevelt? No, it says Theodore. Uh, As then president, so. Oh, so it must have been before. Yeah. It was before. It's okay. Possible leading up to That's it. That's why it confused me. Yep. So for poor Deborah, we know what happened to her. She basically had to live her entire life in an institution. And, you know, for others like her, it was even worse. By Before um, Goddard's menace of the feeble-minded era ended, between 40,000 and 50,000 Americans labeled as feeble-minded were involuntarily ster- sterilized. Wow. Jesus. What if you were feeble-minded but not attractive? Like, you know what? Give it a shot. You, you still know, getting snipped? Yep. Would they still ter- sterilize you? If you were a woman, wow. certainly. What if yep. you're an ugly dude God. and you're feeble-minded? <laughs> I don't know. I want to know what the <laughs> gradations were. <laughs> Jeez. So after um, the the Nazi eugenics program became you know widely known about after the war, eugenics was started falling from favor, and people you know when it was being associated with so just to Nazis, go Holocaust to. You know, yeah, yeah. it literally took eugenics. twelve million people dying. But it still happened after the war. We were still sterilizing people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For decades. Yeah, for quite a while. People, yeah. like, just, I think Until in, like, 2006, somebody yeah, won a settlement what? for forced sterilization. Oh, no, but oh, where, when do they from end? Back, like from in the back 70s, in the days. But 60s but and 70s. Into the 60s and 70s, right? Yes. Yeah. We're still doing it. Yes. Yep. That's crazy. But, but wasn't, wasn't it uh, more racially motivated yes. at that time? Yes. Later. Well, yeah. I thought it was it, more, like... Severely mentally disabled kind of people were being sterilized Both. in the sixties and seventies and fifties. But I Both. think even people who weren't really? mentally disabled yes. were being forcibly sterilized. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's I, who I was talking about just now. It was a person it who was, won recently. The settlement was oh, really? a person of color. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, or actually, I, they might have been Native American specifically too. Yeah. Both, because I've heard of also black women. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Honestly, nowadays people can be forcibly sterilized if, yeah, yes. if they're mentally impaired, mentally disabled. Or if you're intersex. Currently. Currently. Right now. But it takes court orders and stuff like that. Yes. Why do they feel a need to do that? Well, Bigotry. You, no, it was someone who's well, like severely mentally disabled. Well, I'll a story that I have personal knowledge of. It's, it's a person who is mentally disabled, but... You know, they're still a living, breathing human being who could possibly end up having sex with somebody and getting pregnant. And what is somebody going to do with that baby Mm. that that person can't take care of? Wow. 
You know, it's not somebody who can live independently. And well, what about the other person? Yeah, I know. who had sex with them? They Tick, should tick, know. Tango. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah, that's. We can crazy. talk about it offline. Okay. I don't know how difficult it is to get that court order. It or should be the hardest court order ever to yeah. get. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Yikes. Let me find my spot in my Yay. notes. Your Honor, she's had eight babies and she just drops them off at the Walmart. We've got to stop this. That then <laughs> oh you get the court order. So we're after the war, after World War II now. Henry Goddard was pretty old by this time and he just kind of faded into obscurity he became ironically feeble-minded <laughs> could not feed himself or change himself and he was just having sex a lot so we sterilized him in the mid-1960s there was a college student named david smith in his that studies fake, he learned about the calicac family and he started questioning the story of the calicac family and obviously dr goddard's theories and he decided to look into it because just thinking about his own experience with his own family they were you know probably kind of poor uneducated and they had little opportunity his dad was like a machinist and his mom was a you know homemaker and you know nobody had ever gone to college and and stuff like that so you know he was probably thinking would they be determined to be feeble-minded yeah probably by somebody like dr goddard well he ended up becoming quite educated he went to college and got degrees and then he decided math and psychology (laughs) (laughs) no so um sometime later he decided to go back to it and try to figure out deborah calicac's true identity and do a little bit of research into Dr. Goddard's research. So he went to New Jersey and he went to uh, the Vineland School. It was still there. Man. The Violent School? Vineland. Oh. School for the people minded. But he couldn't find anything. It was now called Rutgers. Ah! Oh. It was now called Rutgers. Is it, I, I, we got to use the right one. It's one. Rutgers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard Have Rutgers? You, yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe you had a feeble minded one. Maybe. We're getting this. But so anyway, when he went to Violent, he couldn't, there were no records or anything. He couldn't find out anything about Deborah Kalakak. So he thought, you know, he was just going to have to give up or whatever. So on his way out of town, he stopped at a little diner and there were some friendly people in there and they asked him, you know. Really? What are you trying to find Deborah Kalakak? Oh, you mean Emma Wolverton? God damn it. I could have stopped her first. Yeah, he didn't think. Exactly. He didn't think that that it could be a fake name. No, he knew it was oh, a fake yeah. name. Oh, he knew it was yeah. a fake yeah. name. He's he was just trying like, oh. to discover her true identity. Oh, I see. Okay. So the people at the diner, <laughs> they well, noticed... Else's people on this table. Yeah, They probably. noticed his, I think, Virginia license plates or something and said, you know, what are you doing here? Oh. And he told them what he was doing Get and they the said, well, out. well we, <laughs> we know her. We, we They had volunteered at the school or they had worked at the school at some time. So they knew who she was. And they told him her real name. She was already dead by this time because oh. it's in the mid-1980s. Yeah, I was going to say. She'd be old. Yeah. So, But he found out her real name, and so he tracked down some of her relatives and found out that the story of her family was largely a myth. The wow. good weren't so good and the bad weren't so bad. Boop. Remember old horror? Yeah. Martin Kalakak Jr.? Uh-huh. He turned out 
to be a property owner. And according to the 1850 census, his entire family could read. Mm. So back then, that was rare. It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And I wasn't being sarcastic. It and, sounded like it, but I wasn't. <laughs> and they found other records like uh, probably his will or something. He ended up leaving a significant amount of, of property and oh, stuff to his children and, and grandchildren. And also could read and write. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So he wasn't as horrible as they said. Martin Jr.'s fourth child in Goddard's book, he, they called her Old Sal and described her as old something they're like seven yeah seriously well described her as being feeble-minded marrying a feeble-minded man and having two feeble-minded children who also married feeble-minded wives and had large families of defective children there's a picture of them and i'll post it on the thing in his book and it's just like three i mean it's all black and white so it's hard to tell but like three little kids in front of kind of like a ramshackle Dwelling playing chess proves <laughs> <laughs> it, but so of course, being a little bit poor yeah. is equated with they must be feeble minded. God, old Sal. So his evidence was literally a picture, and they were clearly poor in this picture. Yeah, so I don't think they had evidence, but so yeah, it's still that. He's yeah, like, he's just making it. Yes, this is just capitalism. Mm-hmm. Capitalism is a cancer. Old Sal, her name was actually Catherine Ann Wolverton, and they don't even, nobody knows where it was Goddard who named her Old Sal. They think they, and his researcher person, they think they just mistook her for somebody named Catherine, who was her sister-in-law, is Sal? Somehow, yeah. No, no, her name was Catherine. They mistook her for her sister-in-law, Sarah. Who was oh. Sarah? Commonly Sal? known as Sal. Yeah. She you was know. Old, Who knows? So it, it wrote itself. Well, there's not much known about her herself, but the family history and uh, some of the stuff relayed by her descendants reveal that everybody's completely normal. Two of her grandchildren were still living in 1985. They were retired school teachers. Jesus. Living in Trenton, New Jersey. Trenton. One of her grandsons moved from New Jersey to Iowa and became the treasurer of a bank. He owned a, a lumber yard and operated a creamery. He was so a busy what the guy. Fuck, Henry? Yeah, well, he also had a yacht Whoa. <laughs> in Iowa, so <laughs> there were some problems. Another grandson moved to Wisconsin, and his son served as a pilot in the Army in World War II. A great-great-grandson was a teacher. Another great-grandson was a policeman. So, I mean, they also found a newspaper article that reported that all of her sons had been soldiers in the Civil War. Hmm. Jesus. So, you know, probably not that bad. And other members of the so-called bad side of the Calacac family were landowners, farmers, and some who might have been poor. They were still generally self-sufficient rural people. So, basically, they made it up. God. And uh, they decided if they were poor, they were feeble-minded. And it turns out that Martin Kalakak, the feeble-minded one that started the whole thing, wasn't even Emma's great-great-great-grandfather. Really? What? Yep. So, he, he just... He was like a second cousin or something. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. Yep. So they're not even good at their family tree. Yeah. Uh -uh. Uh, Nope. Disappointed. 
so Emma's mother's real name was Melinda. Melinda. And he wanted to know that. When she was 17, she had already moved out of her family home, and she was living as a um, domestic servant and child care helper in the home of a neighbor. So she, that's when she got pregnant and got kicked out. You know, she lost her job, oh, and yeah. everything went downhill for her from there. Yeah. So that's how she ended up where she was. She did kind of let it slip away, though, in fairness. <laughs> she, uh, she went down. She had fast. her challenges. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, obviously, now scientists have come to believe that other things are largely responsible for our intelligence. Yeah, if you have smart, very intelligent parents, you might get, you might inherit some level hmm, of intelligence. I wonder what that's like. From them. <laughs> oh, my God. What are that? Wow. We wouldn't know, would we? But they believe that environment and things such as where we go to school... Being Miss Teen South Carolina. And the resources that we have and, you know, our mom's reading to us and all kinds of things contribute Tchaikovsky to our intelligence. Fetus. True. No. I'm not so Baby sorry Mozart. About that. If I had listened to Lil Kim as a fetus, I'd still be just as smart. I really I still listen to her now and I'm still just as smart. I agree with that. I think music is important. Mm-hmm. What do you still if it's Beyonce, would you still fucking say that? Mm-hmm. Wow, surprise. Music it's, is music. There's Rush, I'd say that, but... <sighs> no. House. Yep. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope, yep, nope. I don't know what you're answering, but you're right twice. So Emma lived at the violence school uh, from the time she was eight until she was 25. Wow. So in 1914, because she was as old as she was, they decided to transfer her to the women's institution for... Feeble-minded, feeble-minded women oh, Here's the thing. Was she, across the street. I mean, if she's no. not mentally impaired at all, it's just, no. seriously, I mean... Imprisonment, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but For, you've been there your whole life. The assumption is that, you know, she's feeble-minded. Wow. And this home for feeble-minded adult women was basically put there to keep feeble-minded women from propagating their kind. Yeah, so, God. you know, yeah, basically, in, in essence, jailing them. Yeah so that they couldn't have babies. So she basically was needlessly institutionalized for her whole life. Wow. She wasn't that feeble-minded. She was literate and well-read. What the fuck? As an adult. They gave her work. As she, when she was still at the violin school, she worked as like a teacher's aide for the Jeez. kindergarten kids. She worked as a nurse's aide, and she was... She was a good carpenter too. Well, <laughs> so like, always like wood. What the fuck? You think someone in there would know. see that know. and be like, "Are you sure? Are you sure she should be?" In there? I know. When she got much older, they did give her the option to leave the institution. But, but by, by then, that time, yeah. what is she going to do? Yeah. And her health wasn't great. She had really mm. bad arthritis, and she was in a lot of pain. So she decided she was better off just staying where she was so she could get medical care yeah. and the assistance that she needed. I mean, how needed. the hell would you get a job? Yeah. Well, and she, but by that time, yeah, she was too old. Where would she go? Yeah. And so she died at the age of 89, and she is buried on the institution grounds. Mm-hmm. Dang, Emma, you held on till 89? Mm-hmm. I don't even want to do that. Shit. You know, the feeble-minded fairy does, exp- does explain one thing, though. How Aquaman was written. <laughs> oh my God. Just finished Aquaman. It is 
it's unbelievably terrible. The Jason Momoa movie? It was awful. Yeah. It looks like a cartoon. So stupid. I mean, it doesn't even every look cliche, like a real, Every cliche, you know? every hackneyed uh, dribble. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know how that tangent goes. <laughs> I don't either. That's terrible. It is terrible. You, you kind of implied it wasn't going to be terrible. We suspect it was going to be terrible, and we were right. <laughs> yeah. I suspect that. Yeah, I knew it was going to go straight for the racism. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean... I don't know how upset and sad Emma was about her life. I mean, that was her life. You know what I mean? Yeah. She didn't know any Considering difference. she wasn't feeble-minded, she was probably pretty upset. Yeah. I, there was one story where uh, after, you know, Goddard was gone from the school and everything, he sent her a Christmas card. Oh, my God. And... In it, he. I know. In his, he must have written her a letter too, and he talked about some of his theories on intelligence and that kind of stuff. Thanks for all the royalties. And she, you know, commented to people at the institute she could read it just fine. Yeah. And so she commented on it that she was, she was happy that he thought she was intelligent enough to to write to her about such things that you know he believed she was intelligent enough to to read it and understand it and have thoughts on it. She goes, and she said something like, I don't really appreciate the feeble-mindedness part of it. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. You are the best of my feeble-minded idiots. I know. I like yeah. you. Yeah, so you're fine with him designating you a yeah. moron, Emma? She wasn't fine with it, but no, you know, know. She, she liked that he thought she was smart enough to read it and understand wow. it because she said she was. So she understood Jesus. that my, she wasn't feeble-minded. To my favorite twit. Oh my god! Oh my god! He wrote me again. Yeah, yeah. So, Some bitch. Oh my god. So it's pretty amazing that this scientific, in quotes, study yeah. thing became so popular and believed by everybody, and it was based on nothing. Completely made up. Complete bigotry. History of a feeble-minded girl's family who right. wasn't yeah. even feeble-minded to begin with. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, there's still that. That subgenre, there's, there's Murray's The Bell Curve and books like that, yeah. who are making mo- more or less the same argument relatively recently. and in the, in Just the gussied up in different language. Yeah. It's still happening. Yeah. It's just, Betsy DeVos. She's a, I feel like she's a part of it, just uh, in some way. Oh, I thought you were going to say she's feeble-minded. Well, she well that. That's uh, obvious. Most of Trump's appointees. Most of Most Trump's children. Trump himself. <laughs> most of Trump's children. Well, Clearly Eric and Donald. We don't know about Barron, so... That's no, I mean, I mean, Eric and Donald for sure. Easily. Uh, have you heard Ivanka talk? No. You know, if Ivanka Zonka to. married former football player Larry Zonka, her name would be Ivanka Zonka. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it trending. Okay. okay You've well, updated that joke. I did. I, I, yeah. It used old, to be Bianca old, Jagger. Old joke. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and I didn't I've heard both versions. Thank you, Carrie, I think, for that horrific, horrific tale of a sad chapter in our history. You're welcome, Dean. Tell them where they can find us. Weirdworldpodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram and Patreon and Weird World Pod on Twitter. Although don't expect a whole lot of activity on that one, I suspect. We're more active on Instagram. Go there. Mm -hmm. And Facebook. And, And yeah. Oh, and uh, weirdworldpodcast at gmail.com. If you feel like writing me an email. Old-fashioned. It's not old-fashioned. A fax would be old-fashioned. Not in Japan. Okay. Well, anyway, (laughs) thank you for listening. Please tune in next time. We'll try to do something a little more uplifting. 
I hope. Maybe. We'll see. Never know. All right. See ya. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah,